And by the way, I checked out your mixtape, and it's great. I know, it's fire, right? <laughs> but, uh... Get to the point. Point being... We're gonna work down it. We take what we want and leave the rest. All culminating in me releasing my summer playlist. Great compilation tape. You could tell a lot about a person by what's on their playlist. So, um, what are you listening to? Uh, music. But tell me, do you enjoy music? What kind of music do you usually have here? There's a genre. Neutral. So, do you like stuff? Heyo, this is Ducky here to welcome you to Genre Neutral, the only podcast dedicated to prospecting gems from the vast and mystical frontier we call music. From Brooklyn bass to Afro-punk, we absorb sound and reverberate only the dopest. Back to you, the listener. Ducky and I are turning up to 11 today as we are thrilled to be joined by Da Vinci from the Soliloquist of Sound, a group coming out of Orlando, Florida that describes their music as funk astro-hip-hop. Da Vinci is their producer, one of our favorite producers that we've been listening to for over 20 years, and we are excited to learn more about the Soliloquist journey together. Heyo. Hey, Da Vinci, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, first off, uh, I'm Ducky. And, this and is, I'm, I'm Anton. Yeah. My funky man brother, Anton. And we're uh, super big fans. We've been listening to you for like 15 years. Seeing you quite a few times in concert. Wonderful <laughs> performances. Thank and you. we're excited to uh, get to know you. Awesome. Are you recording this as video? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, yeah, let's get started. I always like to ask, uh, what are you listening to today? Um, uh, let me see. The, the better question is, what's my daughter listening to? <laughs> that's, that's how you find out the answer to that. What is my five-year-old daughter listening to? And the answer to that is probably, you know, Katy Perry and soundtracks of, you know, movies she likes and that's that's what i'm listening to i when i'm listening on my own um i'm listening to like clients clients mixes uh lots of stuff for you know either work purposes or academic purposes and um i guess the real question you want to know is like what do i listen to for fun <laughs> yeah but so far i'm loving your answer so <laughs> sure i mean uh, for reference we got two eight-year-old nephews and they love the song wings on my penis by die antwoord if you know that group uh hilarious song done by an eight-year-old boy it's just a hilarious song they're from south africa but yeah really really good no, I'm, I'm familiar uh, yeah. You know? yeah 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 nice uh, uh no i i like uh i like die antwoord um I haven't heard the wings on my penis yet. <laughs> the song. Yeah. It's a funny one. Yeah. Our eight year old nephews, they eat it up. They go crazy for it. Oh yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm so busy these days in a, in a, in a kind of like concerted way that I'm, I'm often looking for music. That's like what, what can facilitate better workflow. Right. So um, it might be some sort of like, lo-fi playlist or um you know if i'm gonna recommend music to anybody like something that came out in the last six years i don't know that like i could say has entered into my musical uh awareness to be a favorite of mine is is hiatus coyote 
Ah, yeah. I really love Choose Your Weapon. That's a fantastic album. I'm a big Rihanna fan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, uh, I kind of steer my daughter towards certain things because, you know, if she's going to listen to like pop music, it better be good pop music. Like, exactly. I think. I think Katy Perry is fantastic pop. I love Katy Perry. Yeah, I thought, I'm glad you brought her up. We've we talked about her multiple times on the show. So. Yeah, I mean, she's... Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, that whole team and the timbre of her voice, you know, and and everything, the way that that all mixes together is really... It's, it's like the, the last great song-written pop music, I think, that, that I've seen, you know, um... And I think that's good stuff. Uh, she loves Sia. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm all that's about a good that. One. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because you're getting a very, you know, uh, you guys are coming in as as fans of Soliloquist of Sound. The the great thing about Soliloquist of Sound is how dynamic of a group we are. Like how dynamic of a peep like a group of people we are. Let alone musicians and and artists. So like coming in and you're just getting me, you're getting a very specific slice of Sawilla. You know, <laughs> like I am the tech forward, the uh, you know, pop forward, pop music forward guy, you know, like all these other things. Um, Swam's actually probably downstairs. In, in fact, we we still live together. Uh, Soliloquists live together for the four of us live together. From for about 17, 18 years. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, um, we're a family first. Um, Alex lives close by, but she moved out a couple years ago. We actually lived in this house. We called it Soilla Manor for the greater part of that. It was eleven years. We just got kicked out of that house because they were selling it. Um, we were given six weeks to leave. But a year before that, Alex moved out and Swam moved out as well. But when we when we found this house in that little time crunch of time that we had, um, we uh, see I still have like box. I kind of took it out of the shot, but you know I gotta be pretty. But uh, I do have boxes here. But um, uh, Swam actually came back and and is living, and I'm we're really psyched about it. So it's like me. Tanya, Swam, and then this other artist I work with named AC Wasuto, who have actually been releasing a new song with every week this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. Where have you been releasing this song? Um, Initially through the Instagram, Girls After Knives. Um, That's like his alias. Uh, But... uh, I think we have proper release plan. Like some of them were put out on, you know, digital, digital, digital distribution, but we have like more proper release plans through Alpha Pup in 2021 to re-release those along with some other material. Nice. Very cool to hear. So I was hoping to hear more about second subject in general. Does that have anything to do? Like if I remember, as I remember it just in the past, I remember when you guys moved into this compound and you were really big on promoting other artists in the area and you were trying to have this like art movement. Is that, was that second subject or was that the startings of second subject? I mean, those ethos and the, that intention has driven a lot of our behaviors and a lot of our entities throughout the years. 
second subject is definitely part of that for sure. Uh, second subject at, at its current point is kind of like an artist's collective slash label um, through which we do that very thing. We put out some soliloquist projects on that and some uh, pro like the, the albums that t uh, Alex and I did under the name Chakra Khan. Chakra Khan's. Yeah, we, we listen to those. I oh, love yeah. stuff. I, lo I really love those two albums. Those, I think out of everything that I've ever produced, those two albums, especially the first one, are is the album I've listened to the most of all the stuff that I've done. You know, it was just like really palatable for me to listen to as something just to listen to. And um, I like everything that I put out, though. Like, I'm not one of those people like, I don't listen to my stuff, you know. On one of them, if I remember correctly, you did a cover of a Nirvana song. So that's how I kind of was sold. We're from Seattle. So we were just like, yeah, yeah this is great. Like, yeah, we did the cover of Smells Like Teen Spirits. The first yeah. time I ever like really did covers, too. I really like the Bjork cover we did. Um, and yeah, that was, that was a special, those two years releasing those two albums was really special, really quick. We knocked those things out and, uh, those are a lot of fun, but yeah, second subject to get back to it is, is, is still alive and kicking. We're just, you know, focusing more on the content, uh, that would come out through it's, it's really just acting as a channel by which we can push those things. Yeah. That's great. Very cool. Um, so as I mentioned, we've seen you quite a few times live and your guys' performances are amazing, specifically you. Um, we've talked many a times about how you just basically wild out up there and you're pounding on those beat machines and scratching like crazy. And uh, it made me wonder, like, do you have a drumming background? I'm 99% self-taught. Uh, in the context of like a traditional music upbringing. I, I didn't really have one. I was just uh, talking to one of my clients. I run a, we could talk about this in a bit, but uh, I run a creative wellness platform called Studio Sensei. And um, I was just having a session with someone and I was talking to my clients about how I grew up in this really uh, small town called Wummelsdorf in Pennsylvania. And the extent of my traditional training was like three lessons that I took with some country singer who used to work like, like on a railroad or something like that. And like cool. to his house after he got, got home from work and he'd be like all greasy and, you know, in overalls and you're like, this is a scale. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, <laughs> I'd show him like Wu Tang and I'd be like, can you teach me how to play this? <laughs> oh, man. I would have loved to have been a flying like, I, think, I think I can understand that. And it was, yeah. it was great. Um, shout out to that guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I only had aspirations. I didn't really have like a proper musical upbringing in that way. Uh, I, was, I was infatuated with what I, and, and really enticed by what I had heard from hip hop when I was about, I don't know, 12, 13, 1992 and 93, I'd say. Nice. You know, and I started watching the OMTV Raps. Prior to that, music didn't really grab my ear because I, it was pretty much cut and dry to me. I mean, the earliest musical 
a memory I had was like going outside to play as a really young kid and uh, walking by MTV being on and it was like Warren's cherry pie video. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, and I just left, you know, like, like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I specifically remember that not quite interesting me, in, in, uh, drawing me in, right? Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why is I was just more interested in creating and I, back then I wanted to be an inventor. That's what I really wanted. I wanted to, like, even as a little kid, I'd tell people I wanted to be a, an R&D scientist, a research and development scientist and invent things. Um, and I think, like, it just didn't strike a chord with my inventive self. Because um, I, I could reverse engineer all of it. Like, okay, there's the drums, there's the guitar, there's the bass, and there's the long hair singing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that'd be funny if I was a kid calling uh, calling people long hairs. Yeah. You're very anachronistic. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I, I, um, I just uh, remember that. And then like when I heard hip hop, I was like, whoa, I, I don't know what's happening here. I don't. How'd you do this? Yeah. It's like a magic trick. You know? So, so you mentioned Wu-Tang is one of the influences. Anyone else particular standing out from that time period? One of the first albums, I, the first tapes that I bought um, I bought two on my first trip to the store, to the mall to get an album. It was um, Yo MTV Rap, Raps Volume 2. And man, that had some bangers on it. It had NWA's Express Yourself. It had uh, Ladies First, but Queen Latifah and Moni Love. Nice. Yeah. Like, it, was, it really captured, like, the pro-black progressive era of hip-hop because even like nwa's you know um not just pro-black but like also like self-aware you know yeah. just in general um and like even even nwa's cut on that was express yourself right so like uh it had some really good songs on there i gotta look it up but those those in particular were, were ones I remember. And then the other album I bought was Bizarre Ride to the Far Side by the Far yes. Side. Yes. Well, that one changed my life for sure. Same. I mean, yeah. it was huge. It, it kind of like became the template for what I thought an album was or what I liked from an album. And it really, it really helped me to become immersed in the lore of an album. Because it was very themed out, you know, it was oh, like totally. Fat Lip's contribution to what they did as far as like interjecting humor and skits into everything that they did <laughs> really like presented something new to me. You know, I was already intrigued by like the fact that I couldn't figure out like t take, for example, their single um, for that album, which is she kept is passing me by. Yeah. Starts out. <laughs> and then that organ now in my younger days i used to sport a sack and i went to school i carried lunch 
in a bag with an apple from my teacher because I knew I'd get a kiss. Ah, oh, so good. And then oh, yeah. The, da, 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 da. She keeps on And then the harmonies, like, it was a great track to be really, like, grabbed by as, like, a, a ute, you know? Yeah. <laughs> as, as, like, a young kid. That was super intriguing. I, I remember I still had, like, uh, our... Uh, um, yeah, I still had our, um, was it, uh, like, you remember that, like, kind of like, record player by that toy company, and it had, like, a, like, an orange, thick orange, like, it was like a kid's. Oh, the kid's ones, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I remember those. Little tights. I don't know, remember what, I don't remember what brand it was, but it was a big brand. And I remember taking, like, a record and trying to, like, replicate how that was made in the beginning with that kind of like scratch sound in the beginning but that really that really grabbed me and then when i heard the album it was like whoa and then you know um the whole uh i mean it was dirty as hell oh yeah so for, like a kid hearing that it was just like crazy and a song called oh shit you know and like and then yeah like, your mama all that yeah oh and and then like the end of that one song where he's like i keep on picking and you know oh. like and he, it, it culminates in saying yeah i put my you know like i can't say it but i don't want to say it yes <laughs> it's not a very 2020 thing to say um but uh yeah it was crazy man um but if you listen if you listen to like I don't know how how deep you guys go with the Salula catalog, but like for student council. Oh, I was uh, listening to that this morning. Okay. Listen to that under the 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 knowledge that it was produced by somebody who really got introduced to albums through Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. Mm. Like there's humor, there's like a lot of outtakes, there's like all that happening, right? Um, and it's not the only album that did that, you know, as far as like Bizarre Ride. You know, there was a lot of albums that kind of like did that. And even these days people are putting like, you know, like phone messages and stuff as skits and things. Well, but, speaking of that same funky voice you did, didn't you do that same thing in Artology on that album? You did like a voice? Like, like the <laughs> back in the day I used to, you know, I don't know that weird. I think it was Artology or uh, yeah. So or recreate. I don't know. I, I do love this album a lot. Recreate like... for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Artology. I, I it was more like my kind of like spoken word piece at the beginning. Yeah. Technology and uh, and, and art and digital and analog. And, um, not technology. So some of these songs, how I was first interested. I was I'm uh, ten years younger than my brother here. I, I started listening to your music in 2006, and I found an album called Tour de Salilla, and it had a lot of these songs on it. Space Away, um, Three Side of Light. But one of my favorite songs on that was I Am Nothing. Do you remember that song? Yeah, uh, and I'm curious. I just want to know more about it, and it's just one of my favorite all-time soliloquist songs. While I pull it up, just to like, you know, just uh, here, uh, just just in an effort to like refresh my memory because 
it's coming back to me already, but to actually hear it would be good. Uh, but let me answer your question about the voice. Um, I've always been kind of interested in and liked making different voices and things like that. Um, when it came to... Uh, I started rapping first. So on that album, you know, there was still some overlap of me rapping or singing or something like that on that album. I, I did less and less of that as, as, as I went along. But um, <laughs> when I did vocals, it was always like a lot more experimental and silly. Like even the shine to there, you know, like, uh, <laughs> what, what did I hear? Like I was just doing that just because it was kind of, my wild sensibility creative creatively and you kind of see it when i perform too i just completely lose myself and when i was in the booth which was just a a very nice blanket um like kind of thumbtack to the wall or to the ceiling to hang down uh, over our microphone um in between my kitchen and my dining room of my apartment at that time uh because we we pretty much did that whole album like two weeks uh that for student council um it was nuts uh but then uh the only time like it would actually work where i would get the take that i wanted is if i was going like this you know <laughs> like getting all animated yeah yeah which you know you see when i perform too and became a constant so much that like probably 10 years later i found out how i kind of based i, I developed this thing called the sustainable practice method and it's just a framework by which you can learn pretty much anything and uh, uh, about accessing flow state. I've done some talks on flow state and things like that. And one of them is called Free Your Fingers, Free Your Mind. There's a video of this of me in Berlin doing this talk. And this uh, the, the, the gist of it is like if you find yourself out of the flow, it's because you're in your head. And the quickest way out of your head is into your body. Right. So I'm very about the body taking um, focus and, and specifically taking focus away from being in your head and like using that to trusting your body a little bit more, trusting your body, using your body to um, enter flow state and also to like as, as a means to create more in the actual shared reality as opposed to the simulated one. Oh, cool. I know what uh, you're talking about. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh, we can get into that. But uh, let me hear this song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So this is what it's about, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Imagine this. Thought about that before I pushed to you the instant. So like kind of part of this is like actually um, us changing from one uh, uh, one person to the other. Like Swam is the same entity talking that that turns into Alex. And who's this? There's a third person that raps on this that I don't, I can't recognize. After Alex. After Alex? Yeah. And then Tanya has a piece at the very end. 
That's you? Nice. Wow. Oh, wow. I love this part. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I haven't heard much of your voice. <laughs> that's, that's great. I forgot about this. I forgot I was on this track. <laughs> it's literally one of my favorite songs. I'm, I'm so much happier that it's you and not just some feature that I didn't know for so long. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then Tanya's piece at the end is just beautiful. I love it. Yeah, it's so sweet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, let me see. Ah! Uh, sorry. Let me see if Swamp's actually here, because he might even... Look, this is one of those conceptual pieces that's a bit more lyrically driven than it is, you know, kind of like anything else. What's interesting for me, what like rung true for me is as a teenager, I was first getting into your music and this was very much like explore your own identity and kind of like discover who you are kind of message. And I just love that that mentality in it. I've actually written, I wrote you like, uh, wrote, wrote to you about 10 years ago, just saying to that same effect, like, I love your music. You guys have been so inspirational in my life. Thank you. Um, Did I yeah. respond? Yo, you absolutely <laughs> responded. You guys have great, yeah, great fan relationships. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um I remember where we were when we did this this song and and, and other songs that wound up on that album. And uh, we were at this place in in uh, in Orlando in a neighborhood called Edgewood. And significantly this is a place uh, where we were when they tried to kick us out of the house because there were too many people that lived together that were unrelated. And they gave us like 60 days to leave. And then we like got letters from everyone in the in, in Orlando. Like so many people in Orlando wrote letters like, these people are related. You know what I mean? Like, and we went and like the before the city uh, or before the neighborhood and and discussed with um, or or like made our case and our side of the room was full. They they wrote about it in the newspaper. We were on the page of the newspaper and everything and things like that. And then on the other side, there was just this one old guy, just like mm, you know, like he probably <laughs> complained about us bringing too much yeah. color to the neighborhood or something. But I remember this is where we were. Swamp, come here. How you doing, man? Nice. <laughs> oh, I love surprises. All right, I'm gonna I'm tap Swamp in. Tune in next week to part two of our season finale with Da Vinci and now special guest Swamburger as we continue to learn about the Salilla creation process.